Welcome to Healing with the Masters. We are so delighted that you've chosen to hang out with us for this series of speakers, inspirational wisdom, powerful affirmations, invocations, activations, prayer, and healing. Healing with the Masters represents transformation to ignite your light and to show you a framework of possibility for moving into a new way of being in your life, modeling that for others in your life, and changing the whole planet. Enjoy this powerful series. Now, if you're interested in joining us live, then just go to hwtmpodcast.com. That stands for Healing with the Masters, hwtmpodcast.com. Register there for the current season. And did I mention? It's free. Join us absolutely free. You just have to register. But for now, enjoy these shows because they created the most amount of transformation. They created the most amount of buzz, insights, and miracles of possibility. These are just as powerful as the day they were recorded. The vibration and energies are still present and available for you. And if you're listening to them, it's because you're ready right now. Know that you helped to create this content. Your desires and intentions have brought this very broadcast here before you. So listen, engage, and enjoy. And again, if you'd like to join us in our live season, remember to go to hwtmpodcast.com. You just have to register. Join us, experience the light, absolutely free. Now enjoy this show. Hello and welcome to Healing with the Masters. You know, we're here in Volume 13, and I want to welcome you to this very powerful season. You know, this 2014 set of seasons is unique in that it's our second year of the Aquarian Age. And this is a year of let's get her done. (laughs) This is our soul group opportunity to commit to our journeys, engage in our lives, and in the process and together make a difference on this planet. We are so delighted that you chose to hang out with us this season, and I want to remind you that you are beckoning forth all the content on this and every show of this season of Healing with the Masters. I love that part. And I also want to remind you that the healing part of our name means transformation. It means realignment. It means repatterning. It means you are on a pathway to change it all And we're so excited about what you are about to create for yourself. Now, you may think that the masters are the remarkable speakers that we bring on each week, but we also know that you are actually the master you are seeking. All of the answers are within you, and the master teachers you're hearing on this series are giving you nudges and hints as to who you truly are, that bright, sparkling being of light and love you are. And I'm so glad that we've come together in this community and are making a difference. So thank you so much for joining us. Now today, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. We have a very special guest. This is one of our keynote guests here this season of Healing with the Masters. And it's Don Miguel Ruiz. Don Miguel Ruiz was born into a humble family with ancient traditions in rural Mexico. The youngest of 13 children. Wow. He considers himself lucky as this was where he learned from an early age that everything is possible if we really want it. 
his parents, Don Jose and Donna Sarita, as well as his grandfather, Don Leonardo, all believed that Miguel would continue their legacy in the centuries-old Toltec tradition. Instead, Don Miguel attended medical school and became a surgeon. For several years, he practiced medicine with his brothers, and he realized what needed to be healed was not the physical brain, but the human mind as well. And thus begins an amazing journey for this remarkable man. Don Miguel moved to the United States to share his wisdom, and he spent the next 15 years exploring ways to heal and change the human mind. He witnessed his students struggling to quiet their minds and sought to create tools to assist them. The result of this quest was the Four Agreements. That book contains a specific series of practical steps that when used by anyone can result in consistent and long-term personal transformation. He is respected highly throughout the, the world. His books have been translated into umpteen languages, and he has been um, she, he is an Oprah alumni and has received numerous recognitions, including the U.S. Air Force Challenge coin engraved with the Four Agreements. Isn't that amazing? And he is referenced as a national heirloom of Mexico. And the four agreements were just uh, one of the most powerful um, moments in my life. I read it many years ago, and it was one of those books that really took me in a new direction. And Don Miguel, one of the things that I notice about your teachings is that they are incredibly deep, very moving, but simple. (laughs) I mean, there's only four agreements. It's simple. (laughs) So, and you talk you, you talk a lot recently in your new agreements for life and, and in your new content about the simplicity of life, and and I would love for you to just share a little bit more about why is it so simple and yet we make it so hard. Oh, well, first of all, I'm very happy to be here with you on your show oh, and to you. have the opportunity to to share my point of view with everyone who wants to listen and everyone who really wants to heal their own mind. You know, uh, the reason I leave the medicine and go into, into, into teaching is, is to, to explore the mind, like, as you say, a little before, and, and see how everybody complicates everything in their life, when everything becomes extremely simple, when you finally understand what the mind is. You know, uh, it was uh, many years of exploring the, the mind until it finally becomes as clear as water for me. It was extremely easy. And as you say, the result is these four agreements, uh, who, like you say, has been translated not in 18, but in 37 different languages. 37 means, different languages, wow. Yes, which is all around the world. And after that, of course, I, I, I wrote another book like a Mastery of Love, like a Voice of Knowledge, and with my son, uh, the Fifth Agreement with Jose. Uh, but always I, I hear everybody say that it's extremely simple, which it is, but to apply it is very difficult. Yeah. How four agreements becomes extremely difficult to practice mm-hmm. when it's so easy to understand well, it is extremely simple to understand. During our whole lives, we create millions of agreements. And we believe it's one of those agreements without noticing that all those agreements, the big majority is nothing but lies. 
that at a certain point we find out that there's a big conflict that exists in the human mind. And for centuries, for millenniums, we used to believe that it, it was between good and bad. But what about is just the result of the real conflict? If the real conflict is the truth versus lies. The, the truth, truth versus life, did you say? Life. L-I-F-F. F-I-F-E. Yes, uh, okay. you know, because we are lying all the time. Right. And there's the conflict that exists in, in, our, in our mind, in our brain. The truth is really only one. It has no words to explain it. But it's what is true, what is real. Mm-hmm. The whole reality, it is true. But as soon as we explain it, as soon as we create all, this con- uh, also, all those concepts, all those beliefs, we contaminate it, and that becomes life. And we invest all our faith, all the, all the power, uh, the, the personal power, into support those lies, and we really believe those lies, and this is how we create all those agreements who rules our lives. So these the the, the agreements that we've uh, att- applied attachment to, the, the attachment of some of these lies, um, they they now become the the momentum that runs our life. Is that the idea? Yes, and then uh, um, we don't even notice that uh, with all those agreements, we create a story that is not real but only for us. It is the story of our life. And that story is full of lies. It is changing all the time. It's never the same. It's always changing. And we have a very powerful memory. And every single day, we keep adding everything to, to that story. You know, we all are artists. The story is the, the, the greatest creation that we, that we have. I can say it's a masterpiece of art, but it's not real. Is virtual. And what is even more interesting is that in that story of our life, we create a main character, which is what we believe we are. And the whole story is about the main character. In my story, the main character is Miguel Ruiz, which is a, a name that I never choose. My parents, uh, parents choose it for me. I adopt it. And I believe that I am Miguel Ruiz. At least I used to believe all the time that I was Miguel Ruiz, which is only just a name. And this Miguel Ruiz is the one who makes all those agreements with everybody around me because everybody has opinions. Everybody told me the way I should be, the way I shouldn't be. And there's millions of people around us, and that's not possible to please everyone. But the main problem is that we believe all those, uh, all those opinions, all those beliefs, and this is how we create the image of ourselves, our own identity. And we can swear that we are what we believe we are. But if we doubt about it, if we no longer believe ourselves, if we use logic and reason to really find out what we are, what we will find out is that we really don't know what we are. Because as soon as we use the language and we describe ourselves, we see that even every word is just an agreement. 
And that's how we learn the language that we speak. And there's hundreds of different languages on the planet Earth. But everything that we believe is in the language that we know. Then it's easy to understand that everything is really agreement. Then once that we have that awareness, and we find out that most of the agreement that we have in our lives is what create all those dramas that we have in life. Then with this single four agreements, is a big challenge to everything that we learn to our entire lives. If we practice everything that we learn, we practice all those agreements, and we master to believe what we believe we are. We master our own identity, and we really believe that we are what we believe we are. And the truth is that we are not that angry person, that jealous person. It's just what we believe. Then when we finally apply the fifth agreement, which is be skeptical, but learn to listen, is when we finally end that training, the training to be ourselves, whatever we are. Be skeptical, but learn to listen. Be skeptical really will be that uh, don't believe me, don't believe yourself, and don't believe anybody else. But listen. Use the, uh, the ears and understand the words. Don't believe yourself. Because we have so many agreements against ourselves that when we say, I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not intelligent enough, I cannot make it, it's obvious that we are lying. Of course we can make it. Of course we are good enough, we are intelligent enough, we are beautiful enough. Yes, we can make it. Then when we no longer believe our own life, what we find out is the freedom to be what we really are, even if we don't know exactly what we are. But we are not existing and we are alive. That is the truth. We are alive. Then we no longer have to believe anybody else either. Because we we look at many masters, many teachers in many different directions and they will give you opinion. If we listen listen, then we can make the discernment if it's true or not what they're saying. If that fits in what we believe, then we can accept it and really enjoy whatever everybody is telling us or teaching us. But first, we need to agree or disagree with whatever they're saying, but understand that they have the right to speak whatever they want to speak. We have the right to accept it or not accept it. When we find out, then we find something that is extremely important, respect. And respect always will begin with ourselves. We cannot respect somebody else or nothing else if we don't respect ourselves. And the main problem, with all those agreements in our lives, we disrespect ourselves especially every time that we believe our own lies. We respect ourselves when we believe everybody else's lies. Then I think that this, this agreement is extremely important in order 
to end that training in that training is about to find yourself, to be yourself, to be authentic, and to finally enjoy yourself. Once you find respect, now you find peace. If you find respect in yourself, you are peaceful with yourself. You no longer have that conflict in your mind. That war between the truth and lies will be over, and it's because we no longer believe all those lies. Once you have that peace, now you can have peace with everybody around you because now you will understand that just like you, they create their own story, they create their own, their own main character, and they have the right to speak whatever they need to speak. But you don't have, uh, you don't need to believe what they say. But with your, using your discernment, you will see if you agree or not agree. You don't have to be part of whatever they do unless you want to. Then when you have that respect with everybody around you, now you live in peace with everybody else. And that after you, it continue with the people that you love, with your own family, where you respect your wife or your, your, wife or your husband, you respect your children, your brothers, your sisters, your friends. The environment and the one you live will be full of peace, and this is because you are peaceful, then everybody around you will respect you because they will find out that you will double with their lives. Then you, you, can, you can see that once you create, let's see, your personal heaven, your personal peace, you can see that wherever you go, that peace is going with you and is extremely contagious. Then uh, going back when we see that these agreements are difficult to practice, it's because during our whole lives, we really believe all those lies, and we practice all those lies until we master all those lies. So when we apply these five agreements, what we're really doing is unlearning all those lies that create all that conflict in our mind. Then we really don't learn, we unlearn. And the tools are extremely simple, but it requires practice in order to master it. The same way that we practice all those lives and we become the master, masters of being what we believe we are, we also can change everything. And only we can change it because we are the ones created. Then when we go around the world sharing these agreements, uh, I ask wherever we go, please help me to change the world. But I'm not talking about humanity. I'm talking about the world that we create, our personal world. Because if you can change your personal world, then the rest will change by itself little by little with all those ripples of wisdom that come from you. And this is the, the main reason why we decide to create all these agreements for life, like a support of your practice when you start changing, changing your own world. And this is the advantage to, to start practicing one by one, and even more than what we did. This program, of course, is, is 30 days, but it's a very good beginning in order for us to change our own world. Because if we want to change the world, 
we will not to try to change all the secondary characters in our story. We can try to control them, but it will not work. Because the only one that you really can change is the main character, which is what you believe you are. If you can change the main character of your story, just like magic, every secondary character of your story will start changing. The way you see your husband or your wife, the way you see your children, your parents, your friends, your brothers, your sisters, it will change, but not because they change, because you are changing the way you perceive them. Uh, now you respect them, and they will respect you back. This is an amazing concept, um, which is, and I'm, I'm starting to see the full picture now of the four agreements and the fifth agreement and now the agreements for life, which is, I'm just going to do a summary. That was an astonishing amount of incredibly deep and rich content. Um, and so I, I, the, the couple of things stood out for me that we are the main character in our story of of life and and we are also secondary characters in everyone else's story <laughs> right. and that if we um own our story and make new agreements um unlearn all every single life you said um we're, ha, our story the that we are the protagonist of is created by the agreements that we've agreed to the agreements we've made throughout our life. And when we unlearn those lies, which were agreements that we said yes to, mm-hmm. um, we we actually change the primary character in our story. We change us. And when we change us, the ripples of wisdom can change all, um, one drop at a time. <laughs> Is that kind of the idea? Exactly. Oh, so may I help you to change the world and you change your own world mm-hmm. as those ripples of wisdom go around the rest of humanity will change also but it takes time because it's 7 billion people hmm. but it will go all around the, the planet earth it's, it's it doesn't really, how long it takes. that's how powerful we are isn't it that's how powerful each of us are when when we um when we have a practice really i mean you talked about how important uh, a practice is that um that uh, the this this practice makes the master and it and it's an interesting practice because it's not a practice necessarily of doing it's really a practice of observing of of observing without judgment of as you say be skeptical be skeptical but learn to listen and not necessarily believe and embrace or make an agreement, but simply is it is it kind of like becoming the observer of our life? Is that the idea? Yes, when you listen, you hold your reaction. Mm-hmm. You hold the yes or no. And once that you know exactly what you want, now you take the action. Ah, so you're not in reaction anymore. You're in no. observation, and then you you hear a true yes or no. Is that the idea? Yes, because now you get the control of yourself. Mm-hmm. You get the control of the main character, and the main character don't jump so fast anymore. Because during our whole life, uh, when the result of that practice is that everything becomes so automatic, we react right away for whatever information we're receiving for whatever we're perceiving at the time. 
-hmm. And after that, uh, we see the reactions. And many times we say things that we don't want to say. We do things that we don't want to do. And this is because we follow uh, all those uh, agreements that we had before, the ones that we practice for a long time. And when we have a different point of view, sometimes it's too late. But when we listen, we hold it. And we discern if uh, what we are perceiving, what we are listening, what we are hearing is true or not. And then we make the decision and we take the action. We can say, oh, yes, or we can say, oh, no. And that can change also when everything around change also. Then we have to be aware that we live in the present moment. This is what is happening right now. The past is just a point of reference. But in the past, we have all those agreements that we did all our lives. And this is how we become automatic. When we have the awareness that the past is gone and we practice, then we let go, we detach, and we attach in the moment that is happening. We attach to the present. And we keep using the past as a point of reference in order to make the decisions in this precise moment. And even we can project to the possible future. That one of the things that I learned since I was a child is to live every day of my life like perhaps this is the last day of my life, but to project into the future like I will live forever. But projecting in the future is really happening right now. Thinking of all those possibilities is really happening right now. And that can go so many different directions. But the point is not to have the expectation that whatever you're planning will work or not. No. We keep working with the truth, with this moment. If something happened good, if it didn't happen good anyway, but the main point is to enjoy the experience of life. To, to know that in this moment, we are living in a physical body. A physical body that sooner or later will, will die. But not because the body dies, that means that we die. Because we are not the physical body. We are the force that moves that physical body. And that force, I call it life. I call it intent. I can call it God also. And that is eternal. You know, physics says that all the time. Energy cannot be destroyed or be transformed. And we, we also say that matter cannot be moved unless a force moves matter. And if matter is in movement, only can be stopped if a force stops matter. But it cannot move by itself. Then our physical body is matter. And as matter, it cannot be moved without us. Because we are the force that moves every electron, every atom, every molecule, every tissue, every organ, 
we move our whole body. And we are eternal. We are just energy. We are life. And we manifest ourselves in so many different directions. You see, that life, it manifests in every single cell. It manifests in every single organ. Like uh, you see, in the, in the liver, it manifested like a, a chemical laboratory. In the brain, it manifested to create all those ideas, all the perception, all the movement, etc., control the whole nerve system. Then just in our physical body, life is manifested in every single matter. But in the moment that we leave our body, the body just becomes like an object. It cannot be moved any longer without us. That we are really eternal. We exist long before our conception. And we will exist after our bodies die. Then when we believe that we are the main character of the story, we really believe in that we are the physical body. We don't see that uh, what the part of us that is believing is the mind. And the mind is nothing but a reflection of what we really are. I think this is so wonderful to understand. And that really can change so many things of what we believe. Well, um, the mind is a, is a reflection of what we really are. And uh, that um, what we see um, is a reflection, as you're saying, of of life force, of intent, of God, mm-hmm. uh, as you said. Um, and that's what moves matter. So we are matter, right? That's more yeah. or less what you're saying. The physical body is matter. Mm-hmm. And the life force is actually what's moving it. And that that is what contains the power. Is that the idea? Yeah. So so the, the power of us as an eternal being is what moves matter and the matter of the body, and it's also what is in kind of in charge, you say, of the story. So by allowing the story to become more of who we are, we're actually making something not real. <laughs> That's kind well, of what I'm, is that what I'm, I'm getting that from what you're saying? It's very close. Okay. Anyway, uh, if we can see the real us is much bigger than matter. Right. You know, uh, the space in between the quantums, the, the space in between the electrons, the atoms, is much, much bigger than the matter itself. Like if we take all life completely out of, out of all of our body, then what is matter maybe becomes less than one gram, gram, the very, very small matter. But life make it the size that it looks like right now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, matter, the way it's been evolved during all those millennials, and I'm talking now specifically the nerve system, the human brain, mm-hmm. uh, the, the neuron is really is matter and it decides because life is moving in, in that way. But matter uh, records whatever is perceiving and is reflecting. Then, like uh, right now, if we close our eyes, as soon as we close the eyes, everything that we perceive just disappears. 
We open the eyes and everything appears right away. And we can see, we can understand that we don't see objects, we only see light. The light that is reflected in every object. But as soon as we close the eyes, we no longer perceive light. But everything that we perceive is really inside of our brain. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's just like in a mirror, like I said in the very first uh, uh, lecture in the Agreement for Life, uh, it's just virtual, it's not real. But the, the brain also perceives that reflection and we record it in memories. That when the brain is sleeping, we have a whole dream and we don't even notice that we're not perceiving light, that everything is in within. It's just a recording that exists in the neurons. Then it's a recording of the mind when the brain is sleeping. But right now when the brain is awake and we perceive everything at this moment with the eyes open, well, uh, what we perceive is the reflection. We don't see the objects. We perceive light and we perceive the reflection also. And that's why we keep a whole reality that is a copy of what is real. But as soon as we close the eyes, the whole virtual reality ends. We just see black. As soon as we open the eyes, everything appears right away. And what we the reflection is the mind. Now, the reflection has no words until we use language. Once we use language, we, we will explain what we see, what we perceive. We can talk about uh, a room, and we can describe every single thing in that room because we are perceiving that, uh, that reflection. We are using the mind. And when we use the words, we words, we also recreate another reality over the over the the virtual reality that is made by words, and this is how we explain everything that we believe, everything that we don't believe. All those concepts we talk about the language, about religion, about science, about whatever, and we are using words trying to explain everything. Well, this is a great art. We use the words like colors and, and paint a whole camp, you know, something so beautiful, a whole reality with words. We write books. When we read those books, we imagine uh, what the book is saying. We understand perfectly, but it's just letters. When we watch a movie, it's the same thing. We see the actors and we see the virtual reality. When we do the same thing with our own life, with the story of our life, we create a whole movie where we are the main characters, of course, because the movie is about us. It's about what we feel, what we believe, our hopes, our joy, our happiness, our sadness, the broken hearts, everything, and we put it in words. Then it's amazing the art that we create is a masterpiece of art. And by the way, Totec means artist. As you see, it's not a religion. When I speak about Totec knowledge, I'm talking about the knowledge of the artist. Then everything is really an art. 
We have great tools right now. It's a masterpiece of art. We have put it in words, all those wonderful concepts. And even that we know that as soon as we use words, is no longer true, that is very close to the truth. And we can understand because we learn the same language, because we agree in the meaning of every single word and every single concept. Then the way we understand is very similar when we speak the same language. But if we go to another country where they speak another language, then we will not understand anything anybody says. We cannot read whatever is in that language. If we want to understand them, then we need to learn the language and agree with every word, with every concept, with every graphic. And when we learn their language, we also learn the way they live, what they believe, their religion, their society, the way of life of that people. And if we compare in the way that we believe in our country, we will, we will see a big, big difference in many ways. Then I think it's amazing all what we can perceive, all what we can create, and see how other people in other places in the world, in other languages, in other religions, take create something very similar, but in their own way. And we can see that whatever they believe, whatever is the language that they speak, when we let go the knowledge, by the end, we are exactly the same. When we understand that, perhaps we will understand even more these five agreements because everything comes directly from our integrity, from what we really are. And that is the reason why these agreements are being adopted in all the, the entire planet with all the people who read it. It doesn't matter what is the language they have. It doesn't matter what is the religion they follow what is the moral they have, etc., etc. because when they read it, they feel like they knew it already. Hmm. It's something that they hear from their parents, their grandparents, their ancestors, because everyone is saying exactly the same things. We complicate everything as soon as we add all those lies. You know, that's why it's so wonderful when we go into, into this agreement for life, and, and, and we just undercover all those agreements that create all those drama in our life. We, we, like, we acknowledge uh, them, acknowledging those lies and then creating new agreements from them. Um, you, you know, um, Miguel, there's, uh, <laughs> it's just so, uh, I, I love this notion. It's I, I, I had tears in my eyes when you were talking about this, that, because it, it, it creates for me such freedom, which is this notion that we are the artists. That the Toltec idea is uh, that we are artists, and the words um, of of uh, are our paintbrushes and the colors um, that we describe our life, and that we are artists creating a canvas of our life. We are artists creating a play of our own life. We are the artists that are writing our own life and as the author of our life, we also have the absolute capacity and freedom to change any brushstroke of our life, to change any word or description, 
to agree or not disagree. And in turn, what you said earlier kind of came back too, and in this description of all these people all over the world reading the different agreements and the new program, the Agreements for Life, and the fact they have the right to their artistry. They have the right to create, as you said, they have the right to speak. And we don't have to necessarily agree. We don't have to embrace it. But as you said earlier, we can be skeptical. We can listen. We don't have to believe. But they have the right, as the people do in our own lives, right? Even the the antagonists in our life, Mm -hmm. those who are playing secondary characters, they have the right to their artistry of their creation. Now, for me, what that does is when I am the artist of my life, I now can see that there is an artistic creation that is quite beautiful in every word, argument, conflict, joy, love, wine, steak, (laughs) 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 that there is artistry in it, that there's a, a creative force that is my light force moving through it. And with that conscious awareness and conscious understanding, I now can make new choices as to what I choose to create as the artist who's in in command, I guess, of my life. Uh, I'm just so moved by this whole um, concept of possibility for me. And, uh, uh, you know, as the artist, as the artist of our life, and we can now change our life story, as you're saying, but it's, it's a little bit, as we've been talking about, easier said than done. So I, I'm curious about this notion of, you talk about prayer. Where does the notion of prayer come into this whole concept of, of really changing, becoming the artist that can actually um, have complete command over the brushstrokes, over the, 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 the dialogue that we are using every day? You know, this is, your question is wonderful. I really love it. Uh, you know, with this uh, agreement for life, it's, it's, a, it's a way to get, uh, to have the awareness. But at the same time, it's also a healing process because our mind is being sick for so long. A sickness that we don't, uh, perhaps we don't even notice. And, when we have uh, this agreement for life, is a healing process for our mind also. Then when the, the mind is, is, is sick, and sometimes we feel so hopeless. Sometimes the dramas that we create feel so overwhelmed. And we feel uh, sorry for ourselves. We get depressed, we get sad. Uh, we have also suffering, and sometimes uh, we use prayers in order to recover that hope, perhaps. Sometimes we feel like uh, we are the main character of our story, and the main character of the story believes that there's something bigger than us. But it's the point of view of the main character. And yet it is true that there's something bigger than us, with that point of view. And what is bigger than us is life itself, is God, is the creator, is what is always created everything, is the one who moves matter, they create a whole reality. Then when we do the prayer, 
the prayer is because we feel we are the main character and we need that help, then please help me to let go. Help me to stop this uh, this suffering, to stop this pain. Help me, help me, help me. We are asking really to life. Really, we are asking to the real us. Because the main character is only what we believe we are, and we are trapped, or beliefs are trapped in this belief. Then to use the prayers is to start healing ourselves, to really give ourselves the permission to break through all those lies. That's why when we say, well, I am a parasite, and I am addicted to suffer. I'm addicted to create all those emotions that will hurt myself. I'm addicted to believe in all those agreements that really is hurting me. And I create Then we can see that your feelings, your emotions, they are real. They are coming from your nerve system with, for what you really are. But the reason why we feel those emotions maybe is not exactly true. Because this concept that we have in the mind is, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. Nobody wants me. I'm never going to make it. For me, this is too big for me. That's perhaps when we need a little prayer and say, oh, God, please help me to let go of this. Give me the power to face whatever is happening in my life, to understand that I am a parasite and help me to stop being the parasite. Then when, when we use those prayers, what we're doing, preparing ourselves, is for a big reconciliation to the most important relationship of our lives. To find that our physical body is really the love of our lives. We prepare for, the, for, a, for a marriage, we can say. We will marry ourselves. Lives and matter, perhaps we will get married. But it's the reflection what creates the problem. And the reflection is in the mind. It's our beliefs. So the reflection is in the mind, it's our beliefs. And and the the reflection is what animates the body um, if if the thoughts are one of suffering, uh, are one of the previous lies of agreement. Um, and we that's when the physical that, body suffers. What is what is moving our body is the real us. Right. Is life itself. But the neurons reflect life and create a virtual reality that is not real. And in that virtual reality, we create our beliefs. We create uh, our language, our logic, and everything that we believe, we create the main character which is in the mind, that we really believe that we are the main character. But it's a reflection of life. And it's really that reflection, the, the, one, that, uh, the, the one that is asking for help, and as, asking for help for what, for what is real, from the truth, from God we can say, which is what moves everything. The, the virtual reality want to become true. Right. So this notion of, I mean, we, we talked about this on the pre-show, which is um, 
you know, I, I'm uh, looking into the mirror and saying I'm a parasite <laughs> and I'm addicted to suffering is like uh, a little jarring. And I have to uh, say when I first I did the exercise, um, I'm I'm doing your pro, your 30 day program. But um, as I did that, um, it was astonishing because it kind of jarred. A, it's like it it. it it cut away a little chink of the armor of defensiveness in my being. It was astonishing because I'm like, oh, yeah, that is the lie I've been given. And by claiming that lie, by owning that lie, it's given me the freedom to look beyond it and deeper and to who I really am. Is that kind of the – I mean, it's a little bit different, um, Miguel, than many of the other teachings that are out there, which is don't ever claim anything like that. Don't ever say an I am statement. <laughs> and there you are, the first lesson. I am a parasite. <laughs> and I'm addicted to suffering. So uh, tell us a little bit more about why it's so important to claim that. What's what's different about this than, than the other systems? Well, what, what, what is different is that you start using the truth with yourself. Right. When I say, well, I am the parasite, uh, you, you are saying I am the the uh, main character of this story, right? A story of mm-hmm. suffering, a story of suffering, really. Yes, it's because it's what you believe you are, right? And that main character is addicted to suffering. It's addicted to create dramas. It's addicted to to pay all those consequences for our dramas. It's addicted to be angry. You know, like if you see that movie of The Exorcist, yeah, you see that little girl that is possessed by the devil. You see how ugly she looks when she's angry and cursing and all that stuff. Well, if we see ourselves in a mirror, we regret so much or so jealous. If you see our face in the mirror, it looks just like that little girl of The Exorcist. We can say that we are being possessed. Yes, we are being possessed. And what we are saying is the parasite. And we know we are not that parasite. But we are affected with that parasite. Did you see the same movie uh, in the Tommy of the Little Girl comes the words, help me. That's the prayer. Please help me. Help me to be free. Help me to be myself. Tell me to uh, stop. Tell me to stop to work against myself, to hurt myself. Then, in that moment, we we can really see the difference. We can understand that yes, we do all that and we hurt ourselves, and perhaps we can say that we don't want to do it, but we do it anyway. Anyway, we use any excuse in order to to make our body suffer. If we can say that we eating those emotions, this is our food, and it's nothing but rotten food that makes us sick. That's why I say that the mind is really, it's been sick for so long. And with, uh, with this, our living for life is a healing process. And with the process, it's helping us to release all that and to get the understanding. It, it's a um, it, it's it's interesting to um, to tap into this this concept that uh, and and again once again uh, Miguel it's very simple 
It is mm-hmm. a simple process. It's a simple process of a few, you know, questions that we can ask ourselves, a few, a little prayer that we can say, and creating new agreements every day. Um, and the, these new agreements then, again, as you say, become the paintbrushes or the or the vocal cords of the of the next iteration of the play. You know, you said something interesting that I really, really loved, which is um, since you were a small child, you live every day like it's the last, but you project that I will live forever. <laughs> that is such a cool – I'm going to put that on my mirror. I'm going to live every day as if it's my last, but I'm going to project that I will live forever. <laughs> uh, it's such a, a, a remarkable way to um, – to be in this world, but it's it. It reminds me of that old statement: "Be in this world, but not of it." Is 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 that kind of where a lot of this this Toltec and teaching uh, takes us? Yes, you can you can see by 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 using this tool, you're ready to go anytime. Right. Like I can dive right now, and it's perfect. Hmm. Uh, you told a, you told, I heard you tell a story about your son, Don Jose, when you had your heart attack and how he um, came in and was in great grief about, don't leave me, don't leave me. And you basically said, I don't recognize you. Come back as you. And he went on a little journey and put himself in your shoes as someone who would die and what it's like. Um, to experience the people around you experiencing your death. I w- wonder if you could share that story just a little bit. You know, uh, <clears throat> I was having the heart attack, mm-hmm. and I knew that it was the last day of my life. I had no thought about it, and I was so excited. So finally, I will have this great experience to get out of my body. And uh, when Jose came, uh, I received it, you know, I'm very happy. I want to hug him and all that, even that. Well, you know, the, the pain in, the pain in my chair was, was very bad, but it was not an excuse to suffer. But then I, I see him in tears. I see him, uh, all the, all, all that needy, all that need in him. He Father, please don't die. You're not finished with me. Please don't leave me alone. Then I stand up or whatever I could and say, son, son, if this is the way that you're going to, uh, celebrate the death of your father, Get out of the room, fix yourself, and then come back because I just something very important that I have to share with you. Of course, he was shocked about it. He went out. He composed himself. He saw his own selfishness. He saw how he he will use the last moment of my life, but with his pain and ruin whatever I, I was doing. And also so that he will use my death in order to hurt himself. Then he imagined that it was him, the one who was dying, and not me, and that I was reacting the way he he did react. And then uh, he saw himself enjoying everything. He saw that uh, his whole life was completely irrelevant, that the only thing that was important is that he was happy in that moment, that he was ready to go. But when he saw my tears, he he imagined that from that point on, my whole life will shift and change, and I will no longer be teaching, that I will no longer be sharing all my love wherever I go, that I that I will just sink in my own emotions. 
which means he saw himself in me when he should place it. And then he understood that when he came back and, and told me he, he understood that he was with me and I saw what, what he saw, then I really had nothing else to tell him. Then the only thing that I told him after that is that that perhaps uh, the family will blame him for whatever uh, they believe, but I asked him not to take it personally, but listen whatever they, they say, and he used that in order to to keep going with his teachings and to create this faith agreement. Uh, yeah, I um, you know that that story of Don Jose putting himself in the position of the dying man and witnessing the um, the people create their stories around what it is. And um, I mean, listen, grief is real and it's and it's important and possible. But you know, I lost my sister last year, last June, and I believe this is the message she's been trying to give me in my grief. Um, which is, you know, um, uh, live, live, <laughs> be happy, live, live, live. Um, you know, I'm still alive. That's what she tells me. I'm still alive. I'm, I'm here in an even deeper way for you. And live, you know, um, at one point she put her hands on her hips and said to me, are you over it yet? And I said, no. And she said, okay, that's all right, but... At some point, know that this grief and this pain will will move into a different vibration of of life, and it, it is. It's happening now. I mean, it's not even. Uh, it's just a. I think uh, just we're just coming up on the anniversary of her death, a uh, one year, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 starting to feel the 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 sunlight of that possibility, and that story just helped me so much too. You know, put myself in her position. What might what it might be like to experience her witness, witnessing me writing a story about um, about sadness, but also all that stuff moves us. So, um, which is also something I'm aware of. Anyway, I've talked too much about that piece, but um, <laughs> th- thank you for that story, and thanks Don Jose for figuring it out. It's so cool that he went and figured it out exactly what you were going to tell him. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Some something something else. Uh, all that is is going to into into the internet. But I was uh, speaking with Jose and, and Miguel, my children, and they decided that we will start uh, doing physically uh, with a group of people, and we will uh, start something that I did last year, and Jose started in the beginning of the this century. And something that we call angel training, and we will create a, a group in San Diego uh, with a very limited, uh, only only forty people. We will accept, mm-hmm. and, and we will for for long term. Oh, and okay. whoever is uh, is uh, is thinking to be part of that will be wonderful. I, I think we will be, be we will begin at the the beginning of next year. Wonderful. Knows. We'll be sure to tell our list about about that yeah. possibility. That that would be a real honor to to play with you and your sons um, in this amazing work. Um, so I, I have another question: Is there a way that we can create not only create new agreements but reinforce them in 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 our daily lives? Well, I, I think it's a very important question. 
you know, if the whole thing, like I say, is about practice. Then see the video not only once. Keep keep doing it and keep keep practicing, and you will find out that every time that you see it, you will find something new and something new and something new. Just like with the four agreements, every time that you read it, uh, it feels like you're reading a different book, but it's that the book who changed. You are the one who's changing. Beautiful. Well, uh, the the notion of uh, practice um, is something that we talk a lot about on Healing with the Masters, and um, and it's something that I think that you've further emphasized that um, that doing a practice every day um, and uh, doing something that uh, changes the energy, changes the way that you observe your life, that change the artist that you are to become more consciously aware is a really, really powerful and important uh, message. So thank you. Thank you, Don Miguel Ruiz, for, for being part of our series and for your amazing wisdom. Um, I, I truly enjoyed this. I was very deeply moved by much of what you've said, the, the, the angle that you've changed the angle of perception on, on what's possible. And I, I, in this moment, and I can feel the audience uh, feeling more hope and more possibility of freedom. Um, thank you for your amazing work and, and your great wisdom. And all my love is with all of you. Mm, thank you so much. And thanks, everyone, for being part of this series. Um, I'm so privileged and honored to know each one of you and know that um, that each of you are me talking to you again. You've created the content that has come through every single one of our master teachers and through each question that I ask so thank you for the co-creation. Thank you for being part of this community. In community, we have a chance to join together in a higher vibrating energy to change all of it. So I love you so much. I'm so honored to play with you all. And thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Don Miguel. Goodbye, everyone. And remember, if you'd like to join us for any of our live shows, just register absolutely free at hwtmpodcast.com. That's H-W-T-M as in Healing with the Masters, podcast.com. Come and join us. Just register for the current live season.